Hey, everybody. Welcome to Culture Dumps. This is Parks Miller. I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Ryan Lickton. There, that's right. That's right. What's up, y'all? Um, keeping our streak going. I got to pat ourselves on the back. We're doing a pretty good job of pretty much releasing an episode a week. Yeah, four, 41, press. 41 of mm-hmm. them. You know, yeah. with with, uh, with Podcast 99, we would go months without putting anything out <laughs> there was uh, little gaps learned our lesson so yeah absolutely um but yeah this is a this is a great dump here uh it's cabbage patch kids i'm right. sure people are it's a classic dump because i'm sure people are aware of at least the name and what it is it's a doll it's uh you know this like soft cloth doll with like a plastic head i'm sure Right. I don't know. I mean, but honestly, if you are younger, you might not know. But I definitely think in our age group, it's something, or and even older kids from the eighties. This is more of know like, about it. This is the Beanie Babies of the eighties. Yes, it is. It is the Beanie Babies of the eighties, but it is also very distinctly different. But the main similarity is being like a huge toy craze, right? Um, which is what Beanie Babies was. Now, there's like sort of offshoots that are different about it. There is a collector's element. There is sort of like. The man in the tower element as far as like this one man who kind of runs the show but then has some skeletons in his closet, shall we say. Yeah, like why can't there just be like a, a fucking like cool toy mogul? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Why didn't I, they I mean, Is it just money? Is it just that money corrupts I, or I think it I think it's money. I think also it's just that when you get into something like toys or things marketed to children, uh I mean basically Kids don't usually make things for kids. You kind of still have to be an adult who has an understanding of business, marketing, all these very adult things. So there's just this weird sort of uh, dichotomy, I guess, when it comes to like because the actual product is for a child. So usually that kind of has this association of being innocent, you know, childlike. And so the product kind of has a forward face of this like it's for kids. It's cute. It's cuddly whatever. But it still kind of is subjected to the same yeah. rules apply as far it's, as like it's business. a group of adults sitting around a table discussing mm-hmm. this shit, you know, which is like kind of silly too. like when you think of like a toy factory, you want to think like Robin Williams in toys, like where it's mm-hmm. like there's like big adult man children running around like pulling yes. pranks on everyone. And like it's like super fun and like, you, you know what I mean? But it's, but it's not like, that oh, absolutely. But and actually it's it's oh, that's a great comparison to make is robin williams because robin williams you know he had a ton of very extremely accessible kids moments kids movies aladdin being the genie obviously one of them where and i feel like he part of his characters you know what could be these extremely kid friendly characters he could do and so i feel like a lot of children definitely loved robin williams but obviously get into his life and he i mean there was an extreme amount of darkness very adult things you know, within right. his life too. Yeah, um, yeah. we're not I mean, going to get into crazy drug stuff in this per se, but just kind of that's the. There's always sort of that element to it, and so that's that's why this makes for a good dump because it had it had a huge popular moment in the '80s, and it of course kind of had its little fade away, which we love. Um, and then as we do the research, we just find out all these sort of weird, bizarre things. So it's just boom, classic dump right here. Cabbage Patch Kids. Right. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I do relate it to Beanie Babies because like I don't think until Cabbage Patch Kids there were like 
fights in line at toy stores to get a yes. toy you know what i mean and i don't exactly. think like there was people like stealing these things and like there was also all this like corporate fucking like espionage type shit happening and like right, stealing right. and stuff and it's, it's got like all of the great things that we loved about the beanie baby story but it's before and yeah i, I think you know old like the folks that are that generation will 100 well, remember this no doubt yes absolutely and like for instance i don't remember the any of the 80s hype that happened before i was even born but it was such a popular item that even the kind of roll off it's still you know i just knew what it was as a kid i mean you could actually argue that i feel like cabbage patch kids kind of had a longer moment i feel like beanie babies maybe hit a higher peak but it really sank where i just feel like people just don't really give a shit about beanie babies well but it, i feel it like cabbage tanked, patch kids yeah. kind of argued it was like a two decade long yeah, like, I, I don't think that Cabbage Patch Kids, like, it wasn't, like, a bubble. Like, it wasn't, like, an economic bubble like right, Beanie Babies right. was, where, like, there was, like, intentional driving up of the stock, if you will, of the right. value. This was just, like, people really fucking liked these, and so they just kept making more and more. Rather than retiring them, they made more shit. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and then there's also just going to be some, uh, a couple great anecdotes from me. Uh, because there is a sort of a there's a Georgia connection here with Cabbage Patch Kids, the Babyland General Hospital, which we're going to get into. So there's some of this like great Georgia or great Southern weirdness. I don't know exactly how to classify it, but it is something that I'm very interested in. And it has this sort of uniquely Southern spin to the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, let's just let's get into it. Cabbage Patch Kids, uh, the the birth of Cabbage Patch Kids, as you, if you will. And we the harvest. Will because it is, yes, the harvest. It's a big part of it. Um, so we have these two main characters. Number one, Martha Nelson Thomas. Uh, she was an American folk artist who was known for her work with soft sculpture, which is sculpture that uses a lot of non-rigid material, vinyl, cloth. So it, it can, it's not like, say, like your typical, like a bronze sculpture, which is just like extremely rigid and not going to move. Right. Uh, so it's, and it's, so it's like a very much associated with uh, folk art, and that's kind of what she was really into. She was born in Kentucky, and she gradu graduated from the Louisville School of Art. Now, that in 1971, <laughs> what's that? It's just funny, like, spending all this time, like, yeah, I'm going to go to the School of Art, and, like, this is my opus. These, like, dolls made out of pantyhose. Like, you know? but, right. Well, but see, it's even funny you say that because Opus is mine. I don't even know if necessarily she would consider her, having an Opus. I feel like part of her vision was to be extremely small and not grandiose and just that's something true. that she was really yeah. into was you know, hand creating these dolls. And um, she really wanted it to be handmade was a big part of her thing. And she wanted to be very personable. And that seems like kind of the person she was. Um, and so in 71, uh, she created doll babies. <laughs> and these were these hand-stitched dolls with a soft body. Now, granted, you're laughing. I can see it. I mean, the name is not super creative. Let's Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, but that's very folk art. Like, like a sawdust festival or like a fucking, mm -hmm. like, you know, like these craft shows. Like, this is 100% is what would be at those things and like calling it doll babies and having it just be a lady that just makes them for fun. And like each one special, yeah. like it can't be more Americana than that. Like, yes. you know, and like, you know, if you see like interviews with her husband now, you know, he's a big guy, big beard overalls, 
you know, like yes. like with a big craft room. Like that's the kind of people, you know, like quilts. Yes. Think quilts. Whitt- think baskets. Quilting, yeah, whittling sticks. Yeah. <laughs> um, ma- no, but she, and doll she's, babies. Doll babies, exactly. Um, and this is basically this is literally like I would say eighty five percent of like what a cabbage patch kit is. I mean, it's it's the soft body. It's got the kind of the baby face because that was a big part of it. She wanted the, the doll to look like a human baby. Um, you can find pictures of hers online. She did make each one just a little bit differently. I will say some of them are a little bit frightening. Uh, sometimes well, the yeah. eyes are very close together. And I don't know. <laughs> that's just gonna, like it can well, that's set the thing, you off. Because hers, like, like these original doll babies were all handmade so they were all a little different there would be little imperfections or it's like you know she's she didn't have like a stencil for all their faces or anything right. like that so mm-hmm. yeah you might get one like with a wonky eye i mean it's just like right. real people just like real babies you never know what just you're gonna like get real, exactly but not real dolls not real but, dolls and uh, you know what though but doll babies <laughs> real quick i just want to throw in the history of baby dolls is actually really fucked up uh, back in the victorian era there was these things called morning dolls because it was very common for women to you know have have stillbirths and and to lose their their child you know during the birth process so in order to kind of quell the this pain they would give them these baby dolls uh, like mm. uh, kind of like to for the separation anxiety and to kind of like replace it but that soon fell out of vogue and they were passed down to the kids to play with because there's literally nothing more frightening than a woman in the Victorian era traipsing around her garden talking to a baby doll like it's her real baby like that is terrifying conjuring (laughs) shit so then the kids started playing with the dolls and then baby dolls start so there you go yeah and that's also just there are a lot of sort of nursery rhyme or extremely kid things you associate with children and that you do have these roots in these like sort of morbid things. And that's kind of the way that, you know, they would deal with grief or something. And one thing about these doll babies is that uh, Martha Nelson Thomas, she really wanted it to be this thing, like almost like she wanted to sell it and like kind of see the child that she was, you know, giving it to and really make the child be like, here is this unique doll that I made for you to, to cherish. And that was just like something very important about to her as far as the dolls. And she right. even went so far as creating this concept that the dolls would have a birth certificate. And so they, she would make up a birth certificate and a name. So it's kind of like, again, like what you're saying, like almost like this is like a real sort Maybe. of pr- pretending like it's real. And so that's also interesting because in the early seventies, I feel like this is sort of this thing where her style of making these dolls does feel very connected to like an older world, a world before television technology uh before extreme capitalism any of these kinds of things and we're going to see how the cabbage patch kind of brings it and it makes it extremely modern extremely aided extremely capitalist the 70s you know it was a simple time a modest time and it wasn't and it wasn't a simple time it was not a simple time there was a lot of fucking crazy shit happening in the 70s but she was coming out of the 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 60s kind of hippie like the folk art movement and Mm -hmm. like while kids would buy these at these shows a lot of the time she would gift them to her friends that were also these folky artists you know and like Mm -hmm. the thing with cabbage patch kids or these doll babies like i mean especially more so once once we see the transition but just like with beanie babies this is something where like adults got really into having them, you know, right, and right. and for di- like it started off just because they liked them and they were cute, and then it became something more devious later. But 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's the whole yeah. thing with that. Absolutely. And it and uh you mentioned a documentary and I watched it too. There's a short fifteen minute documentary that Vice made um about some of this stuff that we're talking about and so we'll reference it a couple of times, mainly because it does include her husband in it and a lot of people kind of talking about Martha Nelson Thomas and she just seems like a very uh kind woman. So yeah. we'll we'll say that. Um yeah. but <laughs> enter the yes, dude. second character is now so she's selling the doll babies in in 1976 she meets Xavier Roberts and he <laughs> sees her dolls and this is our, this is our other guy okay and Xavier he, Xavier Roberts and he's this like definitely also a type sort of this this Georgia soft spoken Georgia man he's always wearing a cowboy hat and kind of doing this like all shucks gee whiz kind Good of old boy yeah but really he's got a lot on his mind and he sees these doll babies so he negotiates with her to get i don't know just like not a ton but he's like let me get like five or six of these and i'm gonna sell them down in georgia and so for a while she's kind of doing this thing where she's selling his babies i mean no, he's selling her doll babies in georgia but she decides that she wants to stop selling them because she just has this weird feeling about him which she was obviously I think right about her intuition. Right. Well, I, my understanding because, is that he was jacking up the prices and like making right. it into not so special of a thing, you know? Yes. He, he had money on his mind for sure. Um, and I guess the quote was apparently she said, Hey, I don't want to sell you these dolls anymore. And his apparent reply was, well, whether or not I get them from you, I'm going to continue to sell the dolls in your design. Which is just a very aggressive, like, yeah, like ballsy what? thing to say. Like, all right, dick. Some cold like, shit. And also, Too like, late. there's so many things that look like these. Like, Apple Face dolls, if you remember those. That's another big folk art thing. Like, all of these, like, all this folk art shit, there's, like, hardcover books, like, that you can get on how to make all of them. It's like quilting. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. you can go to Joann's and get a book on how to make these dolls. Like, it's, like, right, it's right. just, like, a thing. And there's a billion things that this guy could have done that was similar without ripping her off and he was just like nope right. like these are the ones it's so crazy he, he had he had the foresight someone with that name xavier yes. has a third eye uh but yeah so he was he was born in uh cleveland georgia which is just your classic like small town small georgia town i think it's like a population of 2000 yeah cleveland as, rocks as of, as of now cleveland rocks so um but he obviously have these profits on his mind he so i mean there's something about the doll babies that he like you said even though he could have done a million things of his own he he obviously saw there was some sort of connection there was a draw to it and he, he decided to make his own doll called little people the little people and <laughs> you can find pictures of this and these they just look very similar they look really similar and he completely took the birth certificate concept from her. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how you could not see that. Like, if, you, mean, if you look at, like, pantyhoe dolls and stuff like that, which, like, I mean, again, like, in folk art and, like, craft shit, there's tons of dolls like this that people make, like these soft body dolls, and they tend to all kind of run the same thing. But to take the birth certificate idea is undoubtedly directly stealing something from another artist. Like, it's not like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, I made these two. I had the same template. Uh, crazy, you know, but no, this is, like, fucking, like, 
every idea is yours. And I told you to your fucking face that I'm going to do this. Right, right. Now, I mean, that is like kind of a circumstantial story about him saying that. Um, but I guess if you're on Team Martha, you're not a fan of this guy. And we Xavier are. Roberts. And yeah, I, I'm on Team Martha. Um, so he starts selling these little people in Georgia and Atlanta and it in the late 70s. And it starts like really kind of taking off. Um, and he is he's like it's selling a lot. Now, I wasn't sure. I don't think it was a super national. Like it wasn't like in a, a national thing at that point. No, it was but regional. It's definitely really big in the south and in Georgia. And I mean, even got to a point where he was starting to manufacture, get manufactured dolls uh, for, in China uh, in the late 70s. And so that was one another thing that I guess Martha Nelson Thomas was very adamant that she wanted hers to be handmade. But, you know, again, he sees that they are just selling. So obviously he's got he's trying to meet this demand. So from 78 to 82 is that was the peak of the sales of the little people. And this is starting to get. <laughs> get a lot of attention and in 1981 xavier roberts was approached by roger l schlafer who's an atlanta designer and licensing agent uh, schlafer had ambitions of creating the first mass-produced children's brand and he thought that these little people dolls would be perfect for it. so just like you said this is kind of, he sees the success of this and he's now thinking this is we're getting into the 80s now and it's like he's yeah thinking about the bucks like dollars, the money he dollars. could make Dollars, dollars, dollars. So, I will say that Schler, he Schlafer, sorry, he convinced Xavier Roberts to change the name to from the Little People to the Cabbage Patch Kids. So this guy Roger Schlafer, he comes in now and he's like, "I'm going to get you. Like, we're going to get you the distribution, the manufacturing. We're going to make it big. We're going to market this." And I got to say that of the three names, Cabbage Patch Kids is by far the best name of any Yeah, <laughs> okay, like, Doll Babies, <laughs> like, that makes sense for, for Mar. Okay, also, first of all, we talked about Team Martha versus Team Xavier. I'm going to say it like this. If it's fuck, marry, kill, kill the Cabbage Patch Kids, marry Martha, fuck Xavier. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, he's got the mansion and shit. But yeah. but, yeah, like, if you made dolls right now that just looked like people and just said, these are little people dolls. Little people yes. would be like, mm, you know, but back then they were still right. uh, using the M word. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So needless to say, this guy Schlafer does come in and I guess he has this additional vision as far as what a cabbage patch, the potential of it is, because then not only does it come up with this name, but he comes up with this like backstory of like how <laughs> this origin story of it, which is. And, the legend of the Cabbage Patch Kids. And basically, apparently, part of it was that Xavier Roberts was like, that's fine, but I need to be in the story. <laughs> so the, there's, it's about this 10-year-old boy named Xavier. Oh, God. And he's walking in the woods, and he sees a bunny bee. Now, a bunny bee is another creation. I think this is a creation of Schlafer as well, which is a cross between a bee and a bunny. And it kind of, like, looks like a bunny. <laughs> And, I get, like, and it ha I, it's it's ears the 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 bunny ears flap and that's the wings and that's how it can fly. This is the creation <laughs> of two guys that fucking don't know shit about kids stuff. They're like, I don't know a fucking bunny bee. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, it's, 
but it's it worked. To blow up, I hate that it worked. That's the fucking thing. Um, God damn it! Like, why couldn't it, it have been it like a, a fairy? Like, for it fuck's sake! It's a little sake. weird. I mean, creating something new, like a new thing, is a risk. But I think when it pays off, you have the potential to have your own lane of being like, I just came with the fucking bunny bee or whatever. Yeah, and then later so anyway, you could make a bunny bee toy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly, fuck it. They got exactly. it. God damn it, Xavier. So, so, <laughs> so the bunny bee was flying over this magical cabbage patch. And in this garden, these little babies are like being born out of the cabbage patch. Um, so that's that's kind of the legend of the thing, which is funny because then Xavier Roberts would, uh, in interviews, say that he had a dream that all this happened to him when he was ten years old. I don't so, believe him. Um, I don't believe him either. I'm I sure there was him. no legal. I'm sure there was no issues that Schlafer had with Xavier Roberts saying that because ultimately if that's going to sell it, fuck it, you know, let's keep going. Yeah. So. I, I wish it was him. Not 10 years old though. I wish it was like the grown man that like stumbled yeah. across the cabbage patch and like, cause he's got like a farmer thing. So I can just picture him with like a hoe, like digging these babies out, pulling them up by their roots. <laughs> They're like screaming, yeah. crying. He's got like one, like he's like cutting out the little dark spots out of them and stuff, the mold. And you know, he's got to like, sp- like fucking spray them with, with like GMOs and like some of them come out like with like four fucking arms and shit. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> well, we're going to get into stuff like that, too, actually. Oh, God. Um, the, 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 par- the parody element comes into play. So, Roger Schlafer, he negotiated a deal with Colco, which is an American toy company founded in 1932 to manufacture and distribute the newly christened Cabbage Patch Kids. Now, Colco's design team, they devised an industry-first plastic head so it was like the cloth body still but with this hard plastic face and they did make the facial features a lot cuter definitely gotta put that out there the the doll babies like the original they're crude i mean they're not crude as in like disgusting or anything but you know they're all handmade like by one person so Mm -hmm. yeah they're kind of like they're creepier and also she made like big ones too like she made like adult doll babies that are just like now you just have like a four foot sock person (laughs) living in your house it's terrifying but uh yeah yeah, so i mean these ones yes and also now they have the ability to just fucking pump them out like crazy just pump them out they got national distribution now they've got their factory in china pumping these things out they're going to be pretty much exactly the way that you want them consistently every time so, boom, now we're ready for the Cabbage Patch Kids explosion. From 1983 to 86 is kind of like the really intense popularity, though they were popular for years afterwards. But 83 to 86 was like crazy, particularly 83, uh, the winter of 83, um, which was known. <laughs> I remember as it the, well. <laughs> the Cabbage Patch Riots. And so the winter holiday season, there was such a high demand for these Cabbage Patch Kids that the supply could not compete whatsoever. There was cases of some people waiting nine months to get a doll. 
and there was multiple instances of violent confrontations between parents fighting for the last remaining doll at stores. In some instances, parents were armed with small handheld weapons. Like what, like a bar of soap and like, a sock? Like, like little baseball bats and stuff, I guess. Like, <laughs> well, if you're I don't at a toy what... store, like it wouldn't be hard to, it's like, hey, we gotta make a quick stop at the sporting section before yeah, we can I mean, go like, get this doll. Sw- swinging purses around, people were trampling over each other, pushing, shoving. It's, it's actually really, really crazy. Uh, you can watch tons of news footage of this and like yeah, pe- like some people got like really hurt, like hit in the face and like b- busted noses and stuff. But that was usually mm-hmm. just like in the struggle, like catching a stray elbow. And like I remember watching one of these news clips and someone like rolls up their pant leg and like their shin is bleeding like a little bit. Like like they like <laughs> hit it with like a razor scooter and they're just like, God, it's crazy in here. And, yeah. like, but again, it's any crazy. wound that you that someone gets waiting for a toy is fucking crazy because yes. inherently it's just a nuts ass thing to happen. Yes, it is a nuts thing to happen. It's kind of like this interesting sort of, I really want a cabbage patch kid for Christmas. That's all I want. And then the parents are like, fuck, I got to get it. And like, you got the last one, you motherfucker. My kid's <laughs> not going to be sad on Christmas day. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, there is, if you look it up, there is some really interesting news footage from 83, uh, documenting this stuff. Um, also, interestingly enough, this was partial inspiration for the movie Jingle All the Way, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle. That uh, totally in which he, him, makes him, sense. Yeah, him and like another dad are like fighting Sinbad. for like, the last toy. Yeah, oh yeah, Sinbad. Yeah, so that's like a. I mean, that's how big it was. Is like, oh, this this is a this is movie level shit right here. Right. So yeah, and also you know people compare it to like Black Fridays and stuff like what you see with TVs and it's just o- over these and again we yeah. won't see this happen again with toys until maybe Tickle Me Elmo I think uh, came yeah. out first th- but then also Beanie Babies of course yeah and and we I haven't seen me anything Elmo, like that since Tickle Me Elmo had some uh, also had some violent confrontations at the right. stores too. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's because now toy like kids want video games and like electronics, mm-hmm. and so you have to be on a waiting list for these things, and they're expensive, so it cuts down the demand like quite a bit because not everyone can get that. But like to get right. a Cabbage Patch Kid or a fucking Beanie Baby, it's like anyone can really afford that, so it's fucking anyone's game. Like who can fucking exactly. get exactly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I mean these are I think retailing for you know fifteen to twenty five bucks or something like that. Yeah, so. It's not about the the price. It's just about the scarcity of the item itself, and it hit, had this huge peak. So through all this, this commercialization, the mass manufacturing, the fighting over toys, and of course the intellectual property theft, this all was like greatly upsetting to Martha Nelson Thomas. Um, I mean, first off, she felt that mass producing the dolls completely missed the point. She was very adamant that the dolls should be handmade. And, you know, and like really wanted to kind of have that connection of like, I just made this and then here it is for you. Yeah. You know, that very personal connection. And of course, the fact that Xavier Roberts is making millions of dollars and she's not getting a cent of it because I mean, she now to be fair, I mean, she didn't even like copyright it whatsoever. No, because she didn't think she had to. Like, you don't yeah. copyright. Like, if you're a painter, you don't like make a painting 
and then get that painting cop. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 not really yeah. like that. Like in in art world, and that's where she was. She wasn't in toy world. She was in art world. Like these were exactly. art pieces sold at craft fairs and folk art gatherings. Right. So she wasn't right. seeing them as like as something that could be mass produced because they were right. pieces of art. It's essentially, just look at them like it's her paintings, and then someone stole the painting and made toys out of it. Right. Exactly. But though, of course, now you know there are more kind of questions and instances and controversies about people stealing art and you know marketing them in a different way but so this was right. but this was this kind of weird thing where it was like yeah more of an art thing and then becoming this big product um but yeah xavier roberts i mean he was pretty young so like he was like 26 years old and now he was like a multi-millionaire so, I mean, and he making... spent that fucking money like a son of a bitch, dude. Like, oh yeah, hit... he had like a limo, huge thirty mansion. room house, two hundred yeah. home employees. Yeah, is he what was... I read. Is what I read. Just a it, just yeah. a good old Southern boy, right? Just, like he basically just... turned it into like a Cabbage Patch Kid plantation. Exactly it's like what he had, <laughs> which we'll get into too. <laughs> um, so. In 79, Martha Nelson Thomas sued Roberts for a million dollars over the dolls. Seems a little low considering, but also I do think that, I mean, at least it seems like maybe it was almost like fr friends and loved ones were like, you should do something about this. Yeah, it I really seems like she had a lot of people wanted, in her corner. Yeah, she was like, I don't know if she wanted to be litigious and go to court, um, but so she sues for one million in 85. She settles for an undisclosed amount. A quote from the documentary was enough to send her kids to college. Uh, but basically, I think also it was kind of like she wanted some kind of justice, but really wanted to, like, remain out of the spotlight and yes. I guess received some sort of satisfaction from this deal. And now, I think it, it had a lot to do with the people that she had in her corner. You know what I mean? Like, not yes. necessarily her husband, but like her lawyer and like cop, like really seemed to like push this shit, like, and be like, mm -hmm. no, like this is probably, I mean, huge payoff for him, but also for like this just justice side of it. And she had another friend who's in that vice documentary who started, he like only refers to cabbage patch kids as cabbage, cabbage trash kids. Cabbage trash. Like, kids. Yeah. He's like, Oh yeah. Cabbage <laughs> trash. And it's like, yeah. you could tell that it meant a lot more to other people around her than it did to her. I think she just kind of wanted to forget about it after a certain point. Yes, I think so, because that would just be very weird. But at the same time, also just being like weird to be like seeing this thing blow up. It's on the news and kind of being and then seeing, you know, Xavier Roberts mug and he's getting the interviews and be like that. You know, this is kind of my thing or whatever. There's a picture so. of him in like a beautiful fucking Liberace esque bathtub surrounded by uh, Cabbage Patch Kids with his cowboy hat on like in like a bubble bath <laughs> and like that's yes. like his image versus Martha Nelson Thomas MNT who uh, is just <laughs> like the most humblest like look at what I made out of socks yeah yeah now I will say now I don't know I don't know how if it's necessarily what this does to the image but I will say that she had we could call it a misstep in the mid 80s uh, in which she created her own product called the Martha Nelson Thomas Baby Doll Kit in 1984. And uh, it is kind of actually her attempt at mass manufacturing. Uh, she made these sort of do-it-yourself um, baby doll kits where you could create and customize the doll to your liking. But ironically, those were being produced in a factory in Hong Kong. And they also now at this point 
were modeled to look they look like cabbage patch kids uh so there is this i feel like maybe i don't know maybe she was misguided or something because it it didn't last long it wasn't successful but it almost seemed like she did sort of try to get in the game for a second and that'd be a good way to do it too i mean except like why make one when you could just buy one you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. also like that's a good way to get around the copying thing because it's like no like they're making them themselves. If they make it and it happens to look like a Cabbage Patch Kid, you can't sue me. I'm just selling right. the supplies, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so it's – and then it kind of, I guess, still maybe has her idea of, like, it being personable or customized, something like that. Um, needless to say, it, yeah, it wasn't very successful. It didn't last long. Now, there's I, I want to back up just a little bit because there's a couple other things that happened in the mid-'80s that part of this whole Cabbage Patch – craze that um i just think are very bizarre interesting and worth the best part Um, yeah yeah this is the best part first off there was an album made called cabbage patch dreams now this takes the story this origin story that roger schlafer came up with um and it's just this like full like 26 minute long album it's like 10 songs uh but it also includes these two evil characters lavender mcdade and cabbage (laughs) jack dude okay (laughs) right now both of the that sounds like the fucking main event at like a wrestling match like <laughs> lavender mcdade you son Definitely. of a bitch it's me cabbage jack also cabbage, cabbage jack. jack is like cactus jack but like the healthier oh, like yeah. good guy version <laughs> like, cabbage jack and in the in the recordings he definitely has like a your classic evil voice lavender mcdade kind of has like a witchy voice um let's just hear a quick sample of the intro song to it right In a cabbage patch garden all in a row Magic cabbages live and grow With bunny bee crystals and love and joy They turn into a cabbage patch girl and boy Cabbage patch kids Growing in the garden Cabbage patch kids Growing in the sun And the most amazing thing about a cabbage patch kid Is that each one grows to be a special one There you go. So it's... so. So it's very, like, folky kind of. There's, like, banjos kind of, like, going with this, like, farm theme. And actually, I I had one summer where I listened to this album quite a bit. Uh, I was actually <laughs> working on a farm. Oh, because part of the, the thing about the Lavender McDade and Cabbage doing? Jack is that they they wanted to – they wanted the Cabbage Patch Kids to work in their mine. That's so terrifying. Then, so, so then Xavier Roberts is trying to save them, the young Xavier, the 10-year-old – so there was one summer on the farm I had this crush and um we would listen to the album and we sort of pretended that we were the cabbage patch kids and that our boss was Lavender McDade and, and how and how old were I you? Hope, I hope this was like 4 years ago. <laughs> I hope I hope that the boss doesn't listen to the podcast cuz she will know exactly who it is if she listens to this she'll she'll know i'm not lavender mcdade i'm more of like a cabbage (laughs) jack (laughs) um so anyway the other this now this is like this is the good this is the weirdest shit the other thing is baby land general which we mentioned before now baby land general was created by xavier roberts he bought this old hospital in cleveland georgia and he converted it to the Babyland General Hospital. And this is where Cabbage Patch Kids are born. Now, oh, I got to give man. him some credit here. 
because I know that we're pushing the whole like he stole the idea from Martha Thomas story. And he ran this is with like, it. He ran with it. And this is like batshit crazy. Now, I have another weird connection. So one time I went to Babyland <laughs> because see Cleveland is like just at like the kind of the base of like the Blue Ridge Mountains. So it's very common if you're going to the mountains to drive through Cleveland. So some friends of mine, we were up there like partying, just like someone's fucking mountain house. Just, you know how it is. You get oh, that yeah. mountain cabin retreat and you just like go off because you, it, you, you're just in this isolated thing and you can just party your ass off. So anyway, we have to go back, a friend of mine, and we are just extremely hungover and we're driving through Cleveland and we see the billboards for Babyland General and we we're just like probably just in the fucked up mindset to be like, dude, do like you want to just not too hungover? Like that's still drunkish, kind of hungover. Maybe still drunk is yeah. a better way to put it. At like twelve in the afternoon. And like we didn't have sh- we were like young, didn't have anything to do the next day. We're like, dude, let's just go to Babyland. So we like go to Babyland, and it sounds I so like, scary, dude. I feel like being hungover made it feel like a horror movie to us because we just felt so out of place. We're these like two like smelly like young men, and everyone else is just like very old because it is. It's extremely like it feels like a very much like a collector's type of destination. You're gonna see a lot of like quirky old ladies there, right? But yeah, basically, exactly because that's that became it's to be the like a thing. hospital. Yeah, yeah. And it's like everyone there is dressed as like doctors and nurses, right? Because it's a hospital. And the even the nurses, they're called LPNs, licensed patch nurses, right? And they do they they have stuff about like they they refer to the C section, but it's the cabbage section. That's fucked like, up. It's that, fucking like, weird. And, gross. <laughs> and there's this like mother tree in the thing and it's like glows and this nurse will like every like 25 to 30 or maybe it's every hour i can't remember you can like gather around and she will like one a cabbage patch kid will be born and she gives this whole speech about it is she like screaming like like there's no there's no screaming but forcing it out like there are just these like weird jokes about the c-section and she talks about like the dilation but she's talking about like dilation of like the cabbage. But you're like, damn, like you're just like thinking about you're thinking about a woman giving birth the whole time they're talking about this cabbage patch shit because right. it's a birth thing. Um, and there's just this whole speech, and I mean, it's just truly weird. And me and my friend were just like, what the fuck is going on? It was, it, I mean, it's a long time ago, so the memory's hazy. But we just we were like, this is so fucking weird. I'm going, dude. It, it's I'm like, going, and I'm gonna adopt. One. Yeah. I would love to go again. And that's part of it is if you want to adopt one of these that are born, like you can actually name it because they haven't made, they haven't filled out the birth certificate yet. <laughs> so you can literally name the doll and then it, they will get like printed on the birth certificate for you. So it's, and apparently the ones that are made at Babyland are still handmade. Who knows? But that's like the thing they're pushing. You, um, like, you mean like it, a guy isn't back there like, banging cabbages and like fertilizing them and then like (laughs) shoving them into like a tree's fucking trunk for it to be like pumped out later yeah yeah. that's what's weird is that i don't understand why there's a tree because i thought the whole idea is that they were born out of the the cabbage patch what happened to the bunny bees but for 
I don't know, but for some reason there's a mother tree involved. Um, Dude, when anyway, I was a, it, wait, hold on. When I was a teenager, <laughs> uh, there was this place that we would hang out at called Mother Tree that we called it. It was this giant fucking tree. It was like a huge oak tree. It was one of the biggest trees in my hometown. And uh, one night we were all smoking weed. One one car, my car leaves to go get uh, pizza. And I guess at some point the other group there left too, but no one put out the fire. And when both groups got back at the same time, like this giant Mother Tree was just like ablaze, and it was the scariest thing ever. And uh, I think the statue. <laughs> Statute of limitations are up on that, which is why I'm saying. I was it just now. about to say. I feel like you're. That's and the like, tree is still arson, standing. Buddy. It's good. It's good. It's all okay. Good. good. I would have to be a little mad if you burned down. No, the no, no, no. Tree. It's there. It's huge. That's, yeah, it's awesome. That's not yeah. very chill of you. No, if anything, we burned off oh. all the dead shit and made it better. But it, but it did. But we did not get a cabbage patch kid out of it. Damn. Well, that's because they were scared of the fire and ran away. But anyway, <laughs> Babyland. It's you fi- file that under my. It's just truly strange, like just Georgia weirdness. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. If you're ever in Cleveland, Georgia, try to take the thirty or forty minutes to go out to Babyland. It's definitely worth it. Um, now and like just like you said about the plantation in 2009, they moved Babyland. See, I went. This was before 2009, and so it was in this very like old, creepy hospital, like. The idea of having a one-story hospital seems very weird to like you or I like live in big cities where hospitals are these massive things right. but like it's it just has that creepy vi- extra vibe of like this shit looks like it was built in the 50s you it's know haunted. it's haunted it just feels haunted but they moved babyland to this huge like mansion which does kind of look like one of those old southern plantations cuz actually I tried to go to that one uh <laughs> last year during covid cuz I was enough. I was dri- I was driving around again. I found myself because the North Georgia is this beautiful part of the state. I found myself in Cleveland. I was like, "Hell, let me go to Babyland one more time." And I, <laughs> I saw the new location, but they were doing renovations during COVID, so I haven't been in there. But apparently, that's where Xavier Roberts lives. Whoa, um, dude! Another so, thing, like, well, it's better to have it in like a house, kind of like this, and just call it Babyland, because, like, honestly, like, I know this is going to sound stupid and far fetched, but. How many times do you think at Babyland General Hospital someone showed up like fucking like with like a gunshot wound or like oh, fucking like like someone like you know it's just like oh my god like I think there's something wrong with it we got to get him to the hospital and they go they're like what the fuck is all this shit and like they're like the nurses are like no uh, no I am a nurse I am a licensed nurse but I'm a licensed patch nurse you're gonna need to go you know what I mean <laughs> like or if or if your kid was like choking on something You're like we gotta take him to the baby hospital yeah the yeah, baby land general yeah and then you get there and it's um, not it's not that <laughs> wow that's a morbid joke <laughs> <laughs> um, so but also interestingly enough during the peak 80s popularity there was a baby land in nyc called baby land on fifth so baby land on fifth avenue so Swanky. like it was it this is that's how big it was that's how big this whole thing was now i have a couple other sort of big cultural touchstones of the Cabbage Patch Kids. Uh, in 1985, NASA took a Cabbage Patch Kid with them uh, in a space shuttle, and the, the Cabbage Patch Kid <laughs> went in outer space. So he went to... Great. Um, you, you know what? I'd rather have a fucking Cabbage Patch Kid go up to space than some of these fucking billionaires like spending all this goddamn money <laughs> hey, to go do it yeah, for, like, exactly. for like six seconds. You know what I mean? Like Fucking send up yeah. a couple Cabbage Patch Kids. I don't give a fuck. It was, it was part of the NASA Young Astronaut Program, which also, I mean, who knows? Like Maybe 
NASA in the 80s and 90s is like possibly a dump in itself because there really was this push, <laughs> this push of like sort of like we got to like do all this outer space shit. And like, yeah, I mean, it really captured my imagination as a kid. There went that. I know, that kind of ended that. Yeah. Um, but in 92, the Cabbage Patch Kids were the official mascot for the U.S. Olympic team. So they had <laughs> they were called Olymp Olymp Kids or something. I don't know. There was some weird pun that didn't really work out. Like, look, I know they're babies, right? Like, I know they're supposed to be babies, but they are not, like, the pinnacle of, like... Like, they're not, like, a shining example of, like, health. Like, these are chubby, fat, fucking little babies. <laughs> and you want them cute. to represent the U.S. of A in the in the greatest competition of young athletes in, in, in the world? I mean, why don't you just well, have a I fucking cheeseburger be the mascot? I don't know how we did that year, so... Why wasn't it G.I. Um. Joe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or fucking Barbie. But Barbie cute. plays they're sports. Cute. Anyway, so <laughs> in 2000, uh, Cabbage Patch Kids are put on a stamp. I mean, that's kind of like some like you get put on a stamp. It's like that's your it. fucking grandmother knows what is going on. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. That is an extremely household type of thing. So now for some more controversy. Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. So, Things get turned around a little bit. So Garbage Pail Kids was a series of trading cards, ex incredibly successful, and it was a direct parody of Cabbage Patch Kids. It started in, like, the mid-'80s, and you can tell it has, like, the same sort of facial features as the kids, but instead of being cute and cuddly, they are pretty, like, nasty and, like, edgy. Like, I imagine, like, a punk sixth grader who's, like, got a mohawk yeah. and, like, studs and, like, listens to the Ramones is, like all about like they've got their their garbage pail kids in their I, locker I have, kind of I, thing. I still have a bunch of these like I love yeah. the garbage pail kids and, and they, made, they made a movie too and the movie is like yeah. the shit of yeah. nightmares like if you think yeah. fucking Babyland General was creepy like check out the garbage yeah. pail kids movie fucking right. live it's action a, yeah it seems it kind of has this perfect sort of late 80s nihilism vibe uh, going with it uh, so and some of the puns, um, so, like, all the names are generally puns. So, like, Adam Bomb is kind of, like, one of the famous ones. And it's a kid, and his head is exploding in a mushroom cloud. Uh, oh, Sun yeah. Bernie. Right. Sun <laughs> Bernie. He's, like, super sunburnt, but his his skin is, like, red and peeling off. But it's, like, really graphic. It, I mean, right. it kind of feels like sort of that precursor to the Ren and Stimpy sort of, like, oh, it's it's a the cartoon, like hyper -realistic but then it's kind of realistic zoom-ins, yeah. Yeah, and like then, I, um, I remember, and, like like Wretch and Ralph or something, like and like or like fucking like Ralph Wretch, yeah. and like it was just a kid just like barfing all over himself, and like there's there was like one that. that was Noah Body, and, <laughs> and and it's one of my best friends is named Noah, um, so I just always but he's like got whole he's like cutting holes out of himself until he like kind of disappears into nothing. There, I also saw a more recent one called Mary Moose, and it's totally a reference to that infamous something about mary semen scene oh so God. it's like so like her hair's all sticking up they even made one recently uh a joe exotic themed one called joe chaotic so garbage field kids are still going they yeah i mean yeah yeah you can find them all, all over the place i mean like they yeah. you, you know they usually have like a, a piece of gum in the pack of the trading cards and stuff right right, right. so the controversies here is that those were banned in schools because it kids would bring him in and you know, i mean the teacher it seems classic the teacher sees it it's this disgusting thing what yeah. is this <laughs> ban perfect ban material 
Uh, but then the ironic twist is that there was a lawsuit. So then Xavier Roberts, he sues the Garbage Pail Kids for trademark infringement. Go fucking figure, right? Like, I don't yeah, know. That's just like, crazy. What? Whatever. Fuck him. <laughs> so, and he won because he had, I mean, he's super rich and he had a lot of fucking money behind him. So Garbage Pail Kids, uh, they had to modify the images. I guess I'm sure they just like do this, 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 and this just enough so it doesn't directly look like a cabbage patch kid anymore right but thankfully for garbage pail kids they're still going strong and then that didn't you know deter them so anyway let's get into the 90s and a little more timeline with the cabbage patch fever um like we said we would say that the 83 to 86 is kind of considered like the peak the the true peak of it but it was still still really popular as we said with the astronaut thing the olympic thing i mean it was still like a big toy and i think like you said that is a a difference with the beanie babies is because the beanie babies have this very unique sort of price rarity thing into it there was this bubble and so it just literally couldn't sustain itself but cabbage patch kids was essentially just a product and they weren't trying to do that kind of method of of this rarity to it so it just kind of like continued to still be I guess, like, an asked for a sought-after Christmas item, you know? Yeah, and again, they kept making new ones, so there'd be ones with accessories, or there, or you had a couple, but Spin now up. you can get, like, clothes for them, or you can get yeah, a fucking they, little wagon or whatever the fuck. You know, they did, like, Cabbage Patch cereal, and so that's also, like, kind of what you were saying, or what we were saying earlier about sort of, like, the idea of this, like, new, like, mass-market children's brand, where you just, like, have all these spin-off components, because if the kid likes the Cabbage Patch kid and then you see oh now there's the cereal now there's a new one and then they're like mommy daddy i want this i want that and then the parents are like oh i gotta get this and that too so it it's just like money just it's like let's... driving the parents straight to the bar <laughs> so in 88 uh colco filed for bankruptcy and then hasbro bought it um apparently for 30 million dollars is what xavier roberts made on that deal um, huh. And then there was more spinoff um, and then more dilution. Uh, Col- uh, Hasbro made birthday kids. They made the splash and tan kids and they made the crimp and curl kids. But they all have that face. They're like they gangs. all have the cabbage patch face. Yeah. They're like old school gangs. Like, oh, the splash and tan kids, you know, are rumbling yeah. with the crimp and curls. The crimp and curls. What's splash yeah. and tan, though? Did you figure, <laughs> did you find out what, what goes on with those? I guess that's like the beach one so like you, you know, get them like, wet the... and they like get darker <laughs> i don't know if there's i a, don't know i mean a pigmentation that's... thing because that seems a little i don't i, I mean fuck i don't know interactive toys uh, you know fuck it yeah but and... then in in 94 mattel purchased cabbage patch kids and here we get i would say one more great little controversy this um, is the best uh part of the dump <laughs> for me uh this could have this, this could have been the whole episode to be honest like we like we could have like we could have like just like sidestepped most of this history and just gotten to this part <laughs> but then we wouldn't have had babyland that's true and babyland actually <laughs> one yeah for you one for me yeah so yeah so <laughs> in in 97 mattel created the snack time cabbage patch doll and this doll had this motorized mouth that would <laughs> eat plastic food um, not a motor mouth like Ryan, hey, eh? but yeah. um, <laughs> but anyway, so that it would eat this little plastic food. So when you put it, 
you put the food to the Cabbage Patch doll's mouth, it would just start chomping and eating. But this wasn't very well thought out. There was no offer on switch. So children sometimes would get their fingers stuck in it, and there was just... It just wouldn't stop. Yeah, it's so like it would a start fucking their zombie or like a beast. Like it has one That's drive, right. no offer right. on. It only has one drive, and that is to feed, to eat, to yeah. eat and feed. <laughs> and then so, and then not fingers, but also kids would get their hair stuck in it. That to me is what I heard <laughs> was happening mostly. And like, yeah. yeah, it would just keep eating it, and you'd be like, oh, like your face, like your head getting like pulled in further and yeah. further to this definitely fucking sounds baby like doll. a fucking eighties horror movie. And apparently, uh, the thing is, is that if you would it have your hair caught, and then if you tried to pull away, it would like trigger the motor to just keep chomping. God. So it just would. And um, there's a, I found like this news clip where this dad is talking about like frantically like trying to disassemble the doll because his daughter's hair is like stuck. <laughs> but like literally how kill it. Kill it. Like the like the mouth is like right up on her scalp and shit. Jesus. So it's uh, now there. It wasn't like any serious. It's injuries. not it's gonna no eat deaths. the kid. Okay. Like let's but just make that clear. It's, it's not gonna eat it, the child, it, but it'll it hurt. Sounds, it sounds scary. You know. Yeah. It does yeah. sound scary. Um, and I actually have a clip from the uh, from this news story real quick. We should listen to that. Emmy feels a little bit cheated by Santa Claus, and she has an after Christmas request. You, what do you want? A cabbage patch that doesn't eat. Maybe an elf at the Mattel factory can take care of this one. So, yeah, uh, the, preferably one that doesn't harm you would be best. Right. right, but to me, the reason why I included this clip is because this is kind of showing the enduring popularity. Is like the kid, the girl. She doesn't want like a different toy. She still wants a Cabbage Patch Kid. She just <laughs> want one that doesn't eat her, you know. Yeah, so it's like a good one. Yeah, yeah. So and that was ninety seven. So it still was like you know a popular popular toy even even until then. Um, yeah, and you know I mean Beanie Mania has happened like that's like peak Beanie Mania, but Cabbage Patch Kids are still something because you know I mean again totally different toys, totally different like ideas. Cabbage Patch Kids one hundred percent were in all of the big box retailers, you know, yes. and, and and all that stuff. But you know it's like well on one hand the like the two most popular like kids dolls like that like you have a Beanie Baby doesn't really do anything. While meanwhile Cabbage Patch Kids have been around for so long that now they've created one that eats people. So yeah. it's like there's always there's always a new reason to get a Cabbage Patch Kid. Absolutely. So I'll say that that kind of ends like the sort of the controversy and the big boom of it. I mean, they're still around, but you know, a couple other things is that yeah, there is there is this collector status to it. Um, so in this Vice documentary, the they show this couple that has, I mean, it looks like fucking hundreds of them in their room. Every um, so, single fucking one ever. Yeah. It's insanity. Super, super weird, I would say. Um, I actually, there's a DIY, this is my last fucking Cabbage Patch story. There's a <laughs> DIY music venue in Houston, Texas called Super Happy Funland. And I played a show there on a tour and they, I mean, it was this massive space and they had like, I mean, they had to have made these dolls because they were like 15 foot tall cabbage patch dolls and they had those but then they also had like a huge collection of hundreds of them i don't know where they got them but that night we didn't have a place to stay so we like slept in the venue and that was fucking crazy <laughs> just be in the dark and like seeing like the silhouette of giant cabbage patch dolls yeah i mean um, dude, if you, if you put a motorized mouth on one of them sons of bitches we got a serious problem 
You know, I mean, that, like, dude, if Sky, if Skynet goes global, like, dude, like, in one of those fifteen feet fucking hair munching Cabbage Patch Kids gets up, we're fucked. Yeah. Um. But yeah, as far as the collector thing, I mean, especially some of Martha Nelson Thomas's original doll baby dolls, some of those uh, can sell are worth you know in the thousands. It's it again, not that Beanie Baby level of like tens or a hundred thousand but still i mean a thousand dollars is way more than i'm ever going to pay for a fucking doll but well because, yeah and the, but they've know. also retained their value to some extent because you know a they're they're older and b there wasn't like a price gouging market that popped and kind of exposed the fact that they weren't really valuable in the first place this is right. strictly driven by demand and collector's and I mean, interest I mean, it's like an art piece from you know an established artist and you know they are one of a kind unique you know, well, pieces, it hurts, yeah, so. but even even the toys, yeah. uh, you know, there are can some, go, yeah, there are some, even some of the little people dolls that you know are <laughs> worth m- money. <laughs> you keep laughing at that, um, and then you know, even some early Cabbage Patch dolls that maybe for one reason or another, so, for some of them, just there is sort of that collector's market. Right, Interesting yeah. stuff to me. I don't know shit about collectors' worlds, but it, it it always sort of attracts a certain type, and that was definitely the type that was at the Babyland hospital when I was there. Um, <laughs> so just to wrap it up, uh, Xavier Roberts, he's still alive. He's living in Cleveland. Apparently what I heard is that he lives in the Babyland mansion. Uh, I would assume he's still got a big fat stack of cash that he's sitting on and just kind of tending. He's just tends to his grounds and he just kind of, you know, yeah. it, it, like there is this weird thing where it does feel like he does love his cabbage patch kids at the same time because why would you yeah but that's like live? loving a kid that you kidnapped yeah that's <laughs> true it's just like you know i, I mean, love him no, like I'm he's not... my own and i've had him for years mm-hmm. but it was i didn't you know it's not it's not it mine true. but i mean well it'd probably be easy to love something that made you millions and millions of dollars i just picture him like leonardo <laughs> dicaprio and fucking Django unchained like or like or like do- like doctor oh, but like surrounded by cabbage patch kids or like dr no oh. and J- from james bond where yeah. instead of like having a cat that he's stroking it's like a fucking like it's just a cabbage patch kid and he's like sitting behind this desk this crystal desk yeah the cowboy hat yeah there's a whole lot of like tycoonery going on with him like like just like like just like an absolute tycoon like in the southern sense like like fucking blowing off guns and yeah Yeah. white suits Mm -hmm. all that shit right right That's, that's definitely the vibe that he gives off um now martha nelson thomas she continued to make her art and Definitely just remained very much out of the spotlight. Um, she, I mean, she had some of her work shown at the High Museum of Art in Atlanta, which is like a probably the biggest art museum in Atlanta. And um, in 2013, she passed away to cancer. Now, just to say, uh, when her uh, widowed husband talks about her passing, it is very sad and it's touching. Super you can tell that sad. This, you can tell that this man loved Martha Nelson Thomas, and so dude, her her little, funeral. There was a there was like. Everyone brought their dolls, their baby, their baby doll or doll babies that she made and like all the other stuff that she had made. And like there's a a picture of her funeral where the first row of pews is just dolls. And it's just like it reminds me of Jim Henson's funeral. Uh, If you ever want to really get bummed out, uh, check that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely it does seem it does seem really sweet. And I don't know. I mean, I I will say that the doc, the the vice documentary definitely you know leans it the seems like it was edited team martha but i'm getting sucked in by it because 
I I don't know. She just feels like this very genuine, wholesome person, and yeah, we don't definitely. necessarily have a lot of those moments here on Culture Dumps. But you know, <laughs> we got. It just seems like she was just this like sweet lady, just a sweet lady. She um, made baby dolls, soft yeah. baby dolls. Yeah, dude. Yeah. She was probably a fucking angel. Yeah. She probably. So, like, I bet you she smelt like peach cobbler, like everywhere she went. Like she's just yeah. like a. We don't deserve people like her on this planet. Yeah, That's why we lose definitely. them. Yeah. So, and I mean, Cabbage Patch Kids, they're still being sold. Nowhere near the popularity of 80s and 90s, but they're still being sold. And the Babyland Hospital, I assume, is still up and going. Um, So that's kind of where we are with it now. But, you know, like I said, we had that perfect dump arc to this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And what does it mean? It means fucking art is precious. And the more innocent something is, the more fucked up it is when that's corrupted by someone coming in and taking it from them. And I think that it's really important to always figure out where things actually came from. Because while it would be really easy to look at Xavier Roberts and his big fucking, you know, baby land farm and all this shit and be like, wow, what what a cool, crazy guy to have this idea and what a sweet man making this all for kids. But it's not. And that's why it's always important to get to the bottom of things and that's what we do here on culture dumps yeah he stole it and you know and i will and my little final thought i will say is that kind of reading some of these interviews of martha nelson thomas it was i mean it was just kind of interesting like her entire perspective especially about uh mass producing things which i mean and this she's talking about this shit in like the late 70s and the 80s and now she didn't even know lord like yeah i mean just like everything like we have is i mean i'm just looking around my room and like right now and just i'm like oh my god i mean so many things that are in my room currently are like mass produced and i mean some of yeah, it is I, like i don't know, think i have like and anything technology. that there's only one of you know what i mean right right and i get it like i mean this microphone like i mean like it doesn't seem to make sense like oh i need a handmade microphone or whatever but <laughs> there are certain it does like i don't know like some of some other items i have that i'm like this was i don't know it it, it makes me like cherish those things and if, especially if you can be like, this person gave me something. And so when yes, I look at this is thing, it's like I think of that person and I think about the relationship I have with them or the good memories I have with them. I feel like that was kind of what she was getting at with the dolls. And so when you do think yes. about it that way, it's like you think about what Xavier Roberts was trying to do. And, you know, it's I, 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 that is why I think that she she had like a, a pure heart. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, absolutely. And cabbage I mean and even if you look at the Xavier Roberts Cabbage Patch Kids, which again, you know, the Cabbage Patch Kids are his doll babies were hers, you know. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. they're just fucking cute and sweet and you can't help but smile when you stare at them chunky little legs and those chubby little faces. <laughs> and yeah, uh exactly. So, yeah. folks, uh, if you like listening to us and you want to give us a hand keeping it going, we implore you to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash culture dumps. We tell you all the time all the things we have on there, bonus episodes, side series, research materials, videos. Uh, you know, we even have tiers where we send you stuff in the mail, you know, every month. So check that out. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at culture dumps. If you have a suggestion for a dump or just a comment or if you were involved with any of these topics, Topics, uh, go ahead and send us an email over at culturedumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. Been here with Parks Miller. You eat it up, we dump it out.